Welcome back to your show, everybody. Episode 106, the Brother Brother Podcast. A podcast that is part therapy, part tongue-in-cheek, all real talk. As always, please rate, survive, subscribe, review. Also survive, I Yeah, guess. survive, for real. Yeah. Survive. I mean, it's 2020. Happy New Year. Merry New Year. Merry New Year, everyone. And, uh, yeah, it always seem, already seems like the year's fucked. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Five days deep and we're super fucked. Yeah. With me, as always, my brother, Jonathan Carson. What's up? Yeah, so, um, yeah, got a lot to talk about, so let's just hop in right into Carson Corner. Uh, New Year's Eve, like we said, just happened. Uh, Jonathan got a little ghost pepper stuff going on. Carolina um, Reaper? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely, uh, adjusted my world for a bit, um caused a you know it it was hot as shit it didn't fuck up my stomach the way people said it would but it did still fuck up my stomach it felt like i had a giant balloon in my stomach mm-hmm. uh with like hot air inside just waiting to burst and then every now and then you get a little bit of relief and a little air would come up but it burned all the way up um but yeah no new year's eve was great uh, we, yeah, we had a little party at a friend's house. Yep. Um, played some games, some um, musical, musical chair flip cup. Flip cup yeah, yeah, however you want to call it. Uh, I won one round. It was mm-hmm. great. Uh, but the rounds I didn't win, I mean, I did well actually. I think only I had one round where I was like the third person out. Every other round like that, I made it to at least the top three. Yeah. So. And then uh, Arande and I. My partner took you guys down in beer pong. Everyone you went and John Clark. Everyone went one and one that night. Yeah. So, but it doesn't matter. We took you guys down. That's all I care about. We never got to. We, but yeah, you guys really did. I was upset about that. I wasn't upset about it. I was just shocked. Mm-hmm. Even as drunk and elevated as out. I was, and that was the first round. So, yeah, it was the first go round. Well, Clark hadn't warmed up, and we just. I had a hot streak at the beginning, mm-hmm. died in the middle, came back to get us close, and then we just could not hit that last cup. Yeah. To take it into overtime. Yeah. Um, and then I got, uh, after not eating much throughout the day and not eating much... Well, I, actually, that's not true. I ate a lot when I was there. It's just a combination of bad alcohol. Yeah, it was just too much alcohol and too many things, and the glass of milk in the middle probably didn't help. Yeah. But, yeah, I had a fun ending. But I didn't get anything anywhere other than on myself, and that was only on my beard. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all in all, a good New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Uh, and New Year's Day was fun, just sitting on the couch, not doing anything, watching soccer, which was, was awesome. Um, Manchester United, I believe, lost that day. Oh, yeah, we played Arsenal. We lost in, in embarrassing fashion. No, no, no. Did we play them on New Year's Day? No, we played Burnley. We won that game. Then we played Arsenal in the middle of the week. Got embarrassed. Um, yeah, and then we played on Saturday. And we drew. And thank God for that. Uh, big game against Manchester City this week on Tuesday. And I don't think we're going to do well. We just have too I many you injuries. guys just played Manchester City. We did, but that was in the... Premier League and just in the regular season. Mm-hmm. This was during the FA Cup. We just oh, happened okay. to be matched with them randomly, which I think is always bullshit. We always get we always get 
locked up with the big boys. We never get to play like the small fish. But we're playing Manchester City, and we'll see what happens on Tuesday. Um, hopefully, those who are healthy, and we can get a couple guys back. But if not, you know, it is what it is. It's just yeah. the FA Cup. This subject bores me. Moving on. Anyway, um, I started running again for my my uh, mile a day challenge for the year. Um, I've had some good moments, some rough moments. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yesterday was kind of bad, but it was because a combination of things. Because just not eating right, I guess. Yeah, or not at eating all. right or at all. Um, and then the cold, I, I had a headache that was bordering on a migraine. And I thought that shit was going to take me down. But, uh, yeah, so um, I'm getting back into that. Um I wanted, I'm g- probably going to have to look into like a uh, plant fitness thing or something. So running outside in this cold, it's it's next level. I've run in cold before, but not like this. Like you the first couple of days. Is what it is. You ran in chilly. I mean, I've run with snow on the ground at when we got a snowstorm or two in, in Charlotte. So like I've run in cold. Yeah, but, but that's still like 34 degrees. Like, well, yeah. Maybe, I guess. You know, like, it got cold and snowed a little bit, yeah. but then the air changed. Like, running around here, especially at night when the temperature drops. Right, like, and that's part of the problem, too, is that because of my work schedule, I, I get home and I run at, like, 7 o'clock at night, and it's fucking freezing. So, yeah. yeah. I'm Sun's gonna, been down for three hours. Right. So, yeah, I'm going to probably join a Planet Fitness and just get on a uh, treadmill or something. Which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean... Because, like, there are a couple of days I was like, my legs just felt like they were going to lock up. So, yeah. And and we're just talking about a mile, so... Plus, if I get into Planet Fitness, I'll have the weights and all that shit. Yeah. And there are lots of different, um, lots of different options and lots of different benefits to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, all right, well, also, I, um, started the process of switch, well, I switch over my insurance, but, like, I have to get my tags and stuff done, but it's, like, that was an experience because, I don't know, USAA, it's the first time that I, I can say they kind of dropped the ball, like, I don't know what happened, but, like, when I called, I, they were like, oh, yeah, you can do that online, so I went online, but then they called me to do a, uh, a um uh what what do you call that uh you know survey right and I was like I don't want to do a survey hung up right but then when I couldn't do what I needed to do online I tried to call back they're like yeah we were just calling you to do a survey and I was like okay that's nice so I called back again and, and I got stuck in a thing where they wouldn't get me through to an mm-hmm. a, uh, a person a representative a representative yeah. and then I had to find like a different USAA number or something to try and and find the person to find a representative and then I found a representative and they're like yeah you could do it online I was like listen yes I know I could do it online and I tried to do it online but it didn't work online and they're like okay and I was like I'm just trying to switch it over to Massachusetts and then they're like oh yeah you have a special team for Massachusetts because it's a difficult state it's like see now this is something that should be automatically in there somehow or something but once you make the request, it should be like highlighted. Massachusetts sent to this number. Right. Only to this number. Yeah. 
even if they have to call you back like just yeah so yeah so i have to do that and to find time to get down to what you call the rmv yes the rmv there's one at the liberty tree mall what does rmv stand for uh i have no idea like we call it the dmv registry of motor vehicles But there's one right in the Liberty Tree Mall. They don't open at 9? Yeah, they're bitches about that. Well, then I'm not going to be able to get that done. I'm going to have to take a day off. I may have to take a sick day or something. Um. But yeah, so there's that. Um. You have, what, well, Fantasy Movie League? What's this about? Yeah, before we uh, get into what's going on, uh, we, as we have been, noted, have been talking about, uh, we're in the Fantasy Movie League. And this year we have our um, our Cineplex is closed Tuesday at midnight uh, Pacific time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this allows people to actually have to make their own decisions instead of using expert picks. We've already talked about this, but just wanted to give you an update. We're in week five. Uh, this week in week five, I'm scoring the highest at seventh, but you're just right behind me in in eighth place. Uh, but overall, we're both doing pretty good. Um, I was in second place for about a day, but because of changes, I am back in third place, and Reg is in fifth place. Um, I'm five thousand behind the overall winner. Reg is only fourteen. Uh, excuse me, five million behind the overall winner. Reg is fourteen million behind the overall winner. So, basically, one of us wins a week. We're gonna leapfrog right. In the first and that's place. the thing. That's what I like about this. It, things keep changing because. We're not all just, you know, well, I just picked the best expert and everybody, you know, the people who pick the best experts are the ones at the who top. Who wins that week, you know? yeah. Like, right now, this week... Um, like, it's going to be interesting if somebody actually picks a perfect Cineplex one of these weeks. Yeah, well, Costanzo D, he, 105 million this week, and number two is six six point four million behind them. But even with his, even winning by six point four million, Cassantio D is not in the top ten. Not in even in the top ten. Like, so that basically means if you don't set your lineup, or if you have a really bad week, mm-hmm. you can free fall. This, yeah, but you can also climb. Like, because um, I mean, Brent forgot to set his week once, and he's still in like ninth place. Yeah, and it matters. Like, but considering that, also like. He didn't set his lineup, and he's only twenty eight million out. Yeah, you know that you can make a twenty eight million. Yeah, probably you easily can do that in the next eight weeks because everyone can. You can. It's hard to to pick safe to make safe picks because if you have a week where someone gets all the perfects right, mm-hmm. then you know they're going to just do real damage. So. I think if you do some research, you'll probably do much better. Like, if you're not picking 1917 next week, you're probably making a mistake. Yeah, you have to know that that is going to... Just like um, Hidden Hidden Gems did, the first... If you picked it the first week, it didn't really get too much um, boom out of it. But if you picked it the second week when it went to full theaters, mm-hmm. best of the weekend. So I'll say this, Hidden Gems was god awful yeah i've heard that i heard it was boring and like you know you and i talked about it uh we won't get into any spoilers or anything like that but i basically predicted most of the movies without you know getting the detailed stuff in the car in about 47 seconds yeah and you know the preview does a lot of that and you know what it is so 
Um, but yeah, it's, I guess that's enough for the Carson Corner, and it's time to get into uh, what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? Someone has to sing it. It is required. Um, anyway, just to get into Trump stuff, uh, impeachment, no real news has gone on just because Congress was out. I have a break. feeling that I'm concerned that Nancy Pelosi's never going to send that shit over. I think she shouldn't unless they get an agreement on witnesses. It's going to be a kangaroo court anyway, so what's the point? That's what I don't understand. What do you think you're doing here? You're, it's about getting the people on the margins. If you haven't decided on Trump by now, then you're then Listen, you're not going to decide. What, I, what more do you need? I just think it's a wise decision. There's no point until you get I think this is timing because a lot of these people in the primary are senators. They're only... They're only There's two. two. Three. Three. Klobuchar, who doesn't count. Right. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They're not doing this to help Elizabeth Warren. No, now. that's what no, that's what I mean. I think they're doing it to hurt them. I don't Imagine imagine if well, imagine if Bernie takes the first three states. What's a great way to get him off the campaign trail than have him stuck in Washington? I don't think that'll I don't think that'll stop his momentum. So there's no new real news when it comes to impeachment. Um so we'll report on that uh next episode. But one thing that is affecting Trump is the split in the evangelical community. Uh, right now you have the United Methodists who are about to split over gay marriage, gay pastors, and really just the LBTQ community and how that church interacts with them. But also, um, prior to the Christmas break, you had one of the editors at one of the biggest evangelical uh, magazines who came out with an op-ed talking about how Trump needs to be removed and how he's a basically an immoral person. And that caused a lot of ripples because obviously a lot of Trump uh, evangelical folks who are you know in it to win it or who benefit from it came back and attacked that guy. But slowly after that first wave of counterpoint, counterpunches came there were a lot of well not a lot but a measurable size of evangelical churches and communities who begin to ask the question of why are we supporting this guy who yes he's given us some benefits in the fact of like you know putting in judges who are more likely to overturn roe versus wade or who are more conservative but he's also a liar he's also an adulterer he's been divorced multiple times however they you know some that that's important for some people uh, but I think really the big thing is just the fact that people have been like, he's a liar, and and what good is it for us to support this just to get one issue while allowing all this other evil to go on? What I don't understand is why now? Because he did things during the campaign that should have been disqualifying for people who had any quote-unquote concern whatsoever about their faith like it was never about is it just now because everybody's like you guys are just a bunch of racist bigots and and homophobes i don't think that's it and they have no defense now i don't think that's it i think during i think people and call it a hot take or call me whatever you want to say i think people are really downplaying 
how unfavorable Hillary Clinton was. Because by having Hillary Clinton running as the as as the nominee for people on the right, it gave them something to hate. The same way that the same way that Trump gives people on the left something to hate. People were blinded by the idea of her being in power. Okay, no. The, here's the thing. That's not... No, 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 no. I, I guess there, what you're saying is true, but that does not give an excuse to evangelicals, especially these... I'm not saying it gives Especially ex- these evangelicals who had their pastors and Franklin Graham type saying that he's the most Christian man, president ever. The most Christian person to run for president and stuff like that. Those types, you know, I mean, and, and the evangelicals walked with them lockstep. Like, okay, he, walked he, with them lockstep. Yeah. He, he won them over as people, other can, as okay. their candidates fell out. Let, let me put it like this. Even, okay, I've always said this for the longest time that the evangelical and the quote unquote Christian right is not about Christianity whatsoever. I've said this back when I think you could see the truth of that back when when Obama ran shit. Right, when Obama ran, but specifically when McCain nominated Sarah Palin. Because Sarah Palin had a daughter who was having a kid out of wedlock. And I'm I'm not shaming single parents or teen mothers or anything like that i'm not but evangelicals did for the longest time but the minute it was one of theirs it was we support teen pregnancies and teen parents and stuff like that and that's when you can really see a lot of the bullshit behind the things that they were saying yeah but i mean i think you could see that before that point right but but i think now what's different is people weren't really saying that then you know they weren't saying you guys aren't about Christianity or Christ- I think Christian things- faith, but now they're saying it because they've picked and, and backed somebody who is antithetical to everything Jesus stood for, and and now people are like, you have no. They've lost the quote unquote culture war on. They've lost the high ground that they had on faith, and and um, you know the Republican Party used to be a party of faith and values and, and they've lost that so it's like now they're, they're coming in like the 11th it's not even in the 11th hour it's like the it's like 11.50 of the 11th hour you know like 10 minutes before the, the new day or whatever uh, I think I mean even the guy who, who wrote the op-ed was retiring from the paper. And of course everyone it's does all that. these all these people that are coming having their come to God and are come to Jesus moments are walking out the door. So he doesn't have to stay around for the flack. What I'm saying is I think that um I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I truly do. I just also think that um a lot of people I think there were a lot of people who decided they're like they went with the devil they didn't know over the devil they knew when it came to the election as far as evangelicals i don't i mean most evangelicals weren't voting for the democratic voter anyways like if bernie sanders had won the election it's not like a huge swath of evangelicals would have voted for him Uh, okay let me put it like this i'm just saying if evangelicals had said evangelicals a, a real evangelical leader a real christian leader probably would have said you have to vote your own conscience 
voting is important and you have to uh, decide for yourself what's better but another not none of these candidates are living a Christian ideally Christian life or anything like that well, like they the, the best thing they would have done is come out and say we can't endorse either candidate that's, that's true but by that's endorsing true phase, though. Well, but what I'm saying is, by endorsing somebody who was making fun of uh, disabled reporters, was out here, you know, saying that... You can grab them in the vagina. You can grab them in the pussy. Mexicans are just a bunch of murderers and rapists. You co-signed to that. There was, there wasn't a, there was, yeah, like, there's no way for you to square that circle. And I don't understand why now... In the third year of his, or fourth going, yeah, you know, at the end of his first administration, now all of a sudden they've decided to speak out. Like, you know, what happened? He didn't say anything when uh, he was, he paid off a sex worker who he had sex with while his wife was pregnant. He didn't say anything then. And same thing when he was putting kids in cages and lost all those people. Well, some of them did. Some of them, that was the, a lot of the turning point for a lot of people, hmm. I think. And I think that now these communities that have these two groups who are in the same building are of the same organizations. They're like, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't support you supporting him. And then they're saying, well, fine, fuck it, then you need to get the fuck out. And they're like, fine, we will. What I think it is, is they're scared because they know that, and it sucks, but faith in America and around the world, I could see in, within our life, well, maybe not in our lifetime. Yeah, in our lifetime, people of faith being the minority population like drastically minority population because like th- there was that uh charge of not charge of clay was it charge of clay i think it was dc talk and one of their songs it, it starts out with like um what uh unbelieving no the greatest single greatest cause of atheism are christians who worship jesus with their mouths and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle that's something that an unbelievable wor- unbelieving world finds unbelievable. And I think we're seeing our roosters... Uh, what is it? Chickens come to roost? Yeah. Or reaping what you said, however right. you want to say it. Yeah, well, because, I mean, I mean you, you look at the Catholic Church. I mean, that's why we're non-practicing Catholics, because of all the bullshit that the Catholic Church... And it's not just that what they did in the 80s, or you know? It's what they knew what was wrong in the 80s. And before, and all that stuff, but the fact that they kept covering it up in the 90s, the 2000s, uh-huh. it's like, you can only take so much. It's like, we grew up in a church where, like, homosexuality was an abomination. I wouldn't say that. Yes. There was never a church where, there was never a church that we actually went to where people said that. Father Gene said that. Father Gene never said that. Okay, John. We used to have a gay service once a month. You, towards the end, yes, towards the end. Not but... towards the end. From the major- of the like seven or eight years that we went there, I would say six of those years we had. But what I'm saying that, well, I that stuff I ended don't... when Father Gene and Father Jim, when Father Gene died, and when Father Jim left, and when Father Bob retired. That's when 
I that is a false okay. memory. I don't. That is well. A completely the point. False the point is, it was considered an abomination in the Catholic Church, and you, yes, can't, you and cannot tell me that's not true. I'm not saying that that's not true. What but I'm then, saying is, you know, people, what I'm saying, everyone's upbringing in faith is different, right? Like we had the we had the blessing of going to great Catholic church and communities all through our life up into high school when that church fell apart. That is that is 100 okay, percent true, right? But but my point is, my point is. That people of faith, the people who grew up with faith, went out into the world and realized that, you know, it's just you look back at, at the things that the people, and, and I think what it what it comes down to at the end of the day is, if a, a doctor who, you know, like, if I have a doctor who's overweight and he's telling me to lose weight, you know, I'm like, I get the, you know, I get it, whatever, but if your job is to be the moral people. Your job is to be on the right side of things, and you're continually not. I think the hypocrisy of it is is most glaring. It's like it's one of the reasons why people are so pissed off at cops because it's like you're the ones that are supposed to protect the law and things like that, and you're not. And it's just that's why I think then you start to question so many things. I I still believe in God and. And Christ and the Holy Spirit and all that stuff in the Holy Communion and all, but like I don't, I haven't found a church that I think believes what they preach. And practices what they preach, you mean? Yeah, practice what they preach. Yeah. I guess I agree with that, and, and I think that's definitely true. I think people who grew up under, like you know, you have your parents who are raised in these religions. And they just bought into whatever it said, the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. And then you grow up and you're like, I know this gay kid and he's awesome. He's a right. good person. He's better than most Christians I know, but he's going to hell because he chooses to love another man. That just doesn't compute with, with, that doesn't even compute with the idea of a merciful God. Yeah. You know? And then you look around and you're like, wait, 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 wait. You want me to condemn homosexual homosexuals and transgender people while you're hiding people who are pedophiles and people. Yeah. yeah, I mean that I think people who are seeing these things are like it does not compute. And especially like I think it has something else to do with the rise of uh, mega churches too. Oh well, this prosperity churches, yeah. like prosperity preaching, that's insane. Yeah. By giving me money, you're buying your way into God's good graces. What? Yeah, it's just you see these con men. Like, I have a friend, like, I don't know if it's the show still exists, but I had a friend who watched uh, Real Preachers of Preacher's Wives or something like that. Like, there was a, you know how they yeah. have Real Housewives or whatever. There's yada, one yada, for yada, Preachers yada. or something. And BG? Preacher's Wives. Or, I, I don't know. But, like, she, yeah, but they would watch it, and I was like, you are a Christian. Like, she's, like, a hardcore Christian. And I was like, how does this not disgust you? You know? Because, like, they're out here acting all catty and shit. Just like yeah, all those other shows. You know, talking about... And right, gossiping. And, and I need to buy this. He needs to get me this new car and these new trucks. And, and, all, and I'm like, that's not disgusting to you? You know? And she's like, well, they earn what they get to... I'm like, okay. Okay. Okay, fine. I, I you really think Jesus would be okay with this. Jesus, the guy who who dumped over the tables, yeah, in the temple. You think this guy, that guy, that guy is would okay, be okay with, with this. this? That guy would be like, yes, buy your preacher a private jet. Yes, 
it was right for that preacher to have his doors locked in the middle of you know historic yeah. flooding in Houston. Like not only that, but I mean, and, and I know that like a lot of black preachers get it the worst, but I mean, it, well, the Grams have been doing it forever, right? And, and all of it is disgusting, you know. And I think that's why, like I said, I think in our lifetime, being a person of faith is going to be. Yeah, so, like, all these Christians who are, like, they're attacking us. No, it's not that they're attacking you. Well, there's some of that. But it's, like, it's the attacks are warranted. It's because of what you guys are doing. Exactly. Like, nobody would be attacking the Catholic Church for the pedophile problem if they were, like, it's this guy, this guy, that guy. Oh, yeah, that guy, too. And, And if we hadn't elected a pope, Who's behind all that shit and hiding those people? Not only that, the idea that the Catholic Church is still, and that's thing, they're still not really being cooperative right. with authorities. Like, okay, you fucked up at the, the first time, and now you're still not going on? You're still not helping out? Like, for all the good that Pope Francis has done, that's one thing that's disappointed me the most about his, you know, him becoming the Pope, or is, is because, like, I, I thought he was going to come in and, like, clean house, or at least say no more of this and and he's you know been obstructive just as much as everybody else before you know and and you know what as much as we love pope john paul a second i mean a lot of that shit happened on his watch a lot of it happened on his watch i know and people don't speak about that i don't know enough about how much he was blocked from knowing but you would think that that's impossible. For it's him impossible to not for him that I know because we knew because I knew. Well, we didn't know until after he was dead. That's no, 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 no. We knew at the time that they were hiding these priests. I'm not saying we. I'm not not the collective we. I'm saying I'm saying the collective we. There were so many doggone reports about that stuff. I mean, movies like Sleepers and stuff are coming out. I mean, Sleepers has nothing to do with the church. It has to do with the New York police department is that well, which wasn't there one about kids at, at the catholic school or something all as far as i know i didn't learn about that stuff until i was like in high school college that's when i really when i was i knew the catholic church had done all kinds of things like i knew the catholic church took babies from pregnant women in the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. and shipped them off to different places um, like, I knew the Catholic Church had done all kinds of despicable things concerning um, indigenous children. You know, I didn't know about the rampant sex abuse until I was in, I would say, high school, college. That's when I really, and then really more so, that those were just rumblings, and then it exploded obviously in, in the mid two thousands, early two thousand tens, with all the records and the movies and. I'll agree that I became aware of that stuff in high school and college, but I think that's because, not because it wasn't known. I think it was just because we would have been kids when, you know, people weren't going to talk to kids about that. Well, that's my thing. But I I think, but like our parents knew about, like, I... That's the reason why I say, uh, not us, the collective we, but I mean, we heard our parents talk about all kinds of, all kinds of topics about the church, about society... I think that would have been something I would have remembered hearing even. I don't think they. Up. I don't think they would have talked about that around they kids. About all kinds of stuff. Around yes, they like, did, I just, but I just don't. Because I, they would have been like, "Yo, if a priest is ever like yada yada yada," well, I don't remember that talk. 
specifically being about a priest. Well, but no, but there were talks about sexual abuse and make sure nobody touches you no matter who they are, whether it be police officer or teacher or or somebody in your faith. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think if it had, like, if I were raising a child in the Mm nineties, knowing or having those rumblings, I would specifically be like, if a priest touches you, and I think that's the way our parents raise us specifically be like, these are general threats, but within this bubble of that threat, these are the people you need to watch out for. Mm, I don't know, because then you don't want... Because, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think do. You, you let them know if anybody touches you in a way that you feel comfortable. You you don't specifically say, I would. Father so-and-so. I would. I'd be like, listen, this, is hap- this happens. I wouldn't say Father so-and-so. I'd be like a priest, um, right. a, a, a it, trusted it, source. But we got that, though. We yeah. got a priest. Well, not a well, not a priest specifically, but okay. I don't know. See. Uh, anyways, anyways, listen, we need to move on. Yes, we move on. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and speaking of of um, you know, people living their faith or whatever. Well, I don't know. That's a horrible transition. But the Methodist Church is is splitting. Yeah, United Methodist United Church. United Methodist Church is splitting, and not the way I thought they were going to split. Um, so apparently they, they brokered this deal. The plan calls for $39 million to ensure that there is no distri- uh, $39 million, I guess, is going to um, supporting ministries for communities historically marginalized by racism. Um, any local church. Okay. Uh, yeah, the agreement pledges $25 million to the new traditionalist denomination. So those are the uh, homophobes. Yes. And- the Bigots. hardliners are leaving. It's basically what's what's <laughs> happening. We can't take this no more. Yeah. So, and then after that happens, um, another additional two million. And this is from the Washington Post. Would go to any other new de- denomination that wishes to split from the church. So I guess if somebody else is like, "Hey, I'm not a hardliner, but I'm not going to follow what you guys are doing." So I guess there could be like a third or fourth way split. Hmm. I don't know. But then, um, after all, I guess when that finishes, they're going to have like a, a conference where they come together to remove the ban on homosexuality uh, amongst, um, in the congregation and then amongst their, um, religious leadership. Le- yeah. That is wild. I and the remaining get... the remaining church is going to be called the United Methodist Church. Oh, they won the title. Yeah, they, they got, got the, the title. Name. They got the name. Yeah, <laughs> damn. That is not how. If you had told me, hey, there's going to be a split in the in an evangelical church, and the winner gets the name. Yeah. And who's leaving? I'd be like, okay, the hardliners are definitely kicking the more socialists, more accepting people out. Because they're going to be like, this is our church. You're the one who tried to change it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, so the United Methodist Church is going to remove their ban on same-sex marriage and LGBTQ clergy. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, and, and the reason that came up is because Trump is having trouble with evangelicals. As, you know, uh, as that Trump news just went on one wild tangent. But it anyway. Really did. It really did. Um, in other stuff, uh, the the big news really. Uh, let's just get re- let's just talk about the DNC stuff 
real quick and end with the the big big news. So DNC, uh, Biden, Sanders, Warren, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar all qualified as of this recording for the last debate before Iowa, um, January fourteenth. Yeah. Uh, again, who who fuck? Who yeah, who fuck fucking cares? cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, Julian. <laughs> Ca- was it Julian Castro? Yeah, Julian, yeah, Castro, Julian Castro dropped, dropped out, out, and people were like, "Oh, were you still in this?" Okay, I mean, there at this point, I think anyone not really, if we're being honest, it's just Biden, Sanders, Warren, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Yang, Steyer, uh, Deval Patrick, Cory Booker, all those other people should just drop out. What? And I don't get what Deval Patrick was doing. You know, what did, why did he do this? It yeah. made no sense. Did someone pay him to do this? I hope so. Because it's one of those things where everybody he jumped in thinking he was gonna be the what the 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 centrist star the centrist you know the Biden's gonna fuck this up so vote for me candidate like I'm the new that's, Obama that's what Buttigieg I make white people feel safe are, you know if Biden fucks up I would think that Buttigieg gets those votes right I don't think so. See, I think Buttigieg, like, if Buttigieg is your your hope for when Biden fucks up, then we might as well just give the, call this a race between Warren and Sanders. No, it's because Biden and Sanders. You might as well call it for Sanders. Just call it for him. Yeah. It's over. If Biden can't win, that means it's Warren, Sanders, Buttigieg. Warren is, she's falling to the point where she might get passed by Buttigieg. But Buttigieg isn't moving She's just falling. Yeah. Like, he's not moving up to 13% and 15% and 20%. She's just falling from 19, 17 down to his level. And again, Biden, I mean, uh, uh, Sanders' blindness probably may have been the best thing for his campaign. No one's asking him the tough question. And you know what, Jonathan? I think you predicted this at the very beginning because you were like, it's good that he's just sitting back there because... He that's basically like you know this giant party, everybody could split all these votes and Trump. I mean not Trump, but Sanders just held steady at where he was, and while everybody else was rising and falling, rising and falling, he's held steady. Listen, and then Biden has held steady too for the most part. Yeah, he's fallen. He he had a nice little grasp, but you know before people started, before he had to do anything. But he's a gaff machine. He looks worse and worse the longer things go. The thing about it is, I wish there could be 12 more candidates. Mm. I wish they could split those votes up even more so people can just... So Bernie... The less people in, the better it is for Bernie. You mean the more people in? The more people in. Yeah, the better it is for Bernie. So I'm, I'm fine with what's going on. I mean, he's just dominated the fourth quarter when it comes to fundraising. He beat the next person by like $14 million. Yeah. So here's the question. Does everybody else drop out before or after Iowa? How, like, how far does Cory Booker go? Does he go all the way to South Carolina? I, I'm surprised Cory Booker is still in right now because I don't get what he's trying to do. Like, I don't even hear I, his name in the news. Well, he's like not even polling at – he's polling under Amy Klobuchar yeah. and Andrew Yang. That tells you everything you need to know. He should not be – like, I don't understand what Tulsi Gabbard's still doing in the race. Right. What are you doing? No one's voting for you. You, What little spark you had blew the fuck up when you couldn't. And you did a good thing going after Harris and calling her out on her criminal record. But then you just 
went like someone reprogrammed you and you went like Manchurian candidate and were just like voted present for impeachment. Uh-huh. Uh, talk about I want to be the person in the middle who can pull the groups together. Like, and what then the she fuck was attacking that? people for for the impeachment, saying it only helps Trump and Trump's going to get reelected. And like, do you know what party you're in right now? Just proving that Hillary Clinton may not have been as wrong. At, yeah, that Hillary Clinton. She just proved Hillary Clinton right. Really. No, she's not a Russian asset or anything like that. Uh, like, like Hillary Clinton tried to say. I I don't agree with that. I think she is someone who is in an emotional tailspin. And did you listen to the worst year ever episode on yes, her? Yes, I did. Take that person's psyche, who is in a tailspin. She can't go back and run for the Democratic for her position in Congress in Hawaii. She was Hawaii's daughter, and now everyone's like looked at her in a new light. They're like, "Oh, this 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 woman might be crazy." So she can't do that. The only people who will give her any screen time is Fox News. So she's she's stupid enough. She's going to gonna become thing. a pundit for Fox News when all said and done. Of course, because she, she loves access to power, man. That's, yeah. that's what power does. So she'll say anything. There. So did you see the um the claim from her campaign that someone's been putting hammer and sickles on her? campaign signs in New Hampshire I'm like you know that's someone from her campaign doing that shit yeah just reeks of someone please look at us whatever like okay anyway so yeah so the 14th we get the last to debate before Iowa and Iowa is what the 20 something yeah like 22nd no hold up uh I'll tell you in a second Keep going though. Uh, no, February third. February, but I guess yeah, that makes sense. Oh, for some reason I thought it was in January. Okay, six more weeks. Shit, man, it's too far. I just want these votes to start. Yeah, I wish we could start in January. Like someone gets in Jan, we get two off in January, and then moving yeah. on. Um, right now, just poll and poll watch for what it's worth. Uh, Sander is in a three-way tie in Iowa with Biden and Buttigieg. Uh, he's leading in New Hampshire and California, very strong in Nevada, as well as South Carolina, but in second in South Carolina. But I want to say double digits to Biden. Uh, but these polls don't matter, so actually go out and vote and participate. Reg, where are you on the Kool-Aid meter? We might as well go ahead and do it before we jump into the big story. I mean, I'm going to – I'll vote for Sanders or Warren. So we're in a, about a purple, not not full red. What's red? Red is like, uh, that's like Bernie or Bust. Okay. Uh, that's like full on anarchist. You're like, I don't, I don't even trust Elizabeth Warren. She's a capitalist. She's I, a I trust her less and less. Oh, each I definitely trust her less. Week. But I think we'll still get some progressive. I think we'll get social progressive stuff at the very least with her. We won't get fucking Medicare for all. That's for damn sure. I don't, I don't know about that either. Mm-mm, she ain't doing that. Um, I think she could be dragged there. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the big story. I honestly don't know if she could do well against Trump in a debate. Listen, that electability question, no. you know? Fuck the electability. And I think that's one thing I hate the most about um, the press is, like, their electability question was just reminding people that, hey, you should probably just go with the old white guy. That's what that was. That's what that is always that question has always been. Just go with a white guy. Just go with a white guy. My problem with the isn't the electability question. Um, 
I think it is a fair question to ask. Not about can you elect a woman. That's an unfair question. But that's what that question is. But my, phrased differently. My thing uh, with electability is I think you can say, does this person have the favorables nationally to beat this person? I think that's a fair question. My problem with the electability question that keeps coming up with Warren is, is that she's constantly beating Trump in favorability in national polls. It's right. not like yeah. it's happened once. Like she's two of seven polls or four of ten. Like she's like probably ten of ten, if not nine of ten, in that same range as Bernie Sanders, as Pete Buttigieg, as Kamala Harris was. So like, stop asking that question when that question's been answered and answered and answered. Which is why I'm saying it's just a it's a dog whistle to misogyny and racism because it's acting like it's a real question about electability when the question's been asked and answered. Because even, like, Tom Steyer is being Trump. Not by much. Mm-hmm. But he is. But he is. You know, I don't think there's a Democrat... There, there isn't anybody in the field, any serious candidate in the field, I should say, that's losing to Trump. And a, and a head-to-head. I mean, outside of Marianne Williamson. Right. Uh, I don't know what Cory Booker is, but I, I um, assume single-digit... Within but, the margin of errors, right. I would assume. Uh, that's what I was right. So there's no reason. There's definitely not a reason to ask that about anybody, especially in, not in the someone who tier. was a who was who had was leading at at one moment. Right. And right now, it's at worst third. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, if you're not asking it of Pete Buttigieg, then why are you asking it of Warren? Yeah. So um, I guess that's it for DNC. Just have to wait for that February third. My God, it's yeah, so far so away. Long away. I just want this shit to be over. Um, yeah. So the big story: um, Trump did a drone strike on Qasim Salamani. 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 Uh, while he was leaving the Baghdad airport. Um, yeah, and that just sparked off all kinds of, you know, talks of World War Three. Everybody's just like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Um, they're trying to act like this guy that no American had heard of until two days ago was the most dangerous person. And, you know, just like he did. To his credit, he is, that guy was a fucking real deal, legit badass. Okay, but my, my point is to act like they just killed bin, uh, Osama bin Laden. Oh, no, 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 a hundred percent. Like, strategically, and I, I listened to a great podcast on, uh, I think it was uh, NPR Politics. I think mm-hmm. they did a special episode. Like this guy, legit mover shaker for the in the military. However, again, I know I guess it's hard to compare to America because like we don't have one general who does everything, who like coordinates everything. Who coordinates Wouldn't that Rocky be Pompeo? No, no, no. To cause, a certain extent, no, because he doesn't know what the he doesn't know yeah, half the shit true. that's going on around the world. Like. He just gets briefings when things go bad or when people need money or he has to brief somebody. Like, but either way, the point is... This guy was the second popular, second most popular person in the country next to the Supreme Leader. That is a big dude to take out. Right. And then on top of it, Israel, people were like, you know, he had to be killed. And like, no, he didn't. Because like Israel could have taken this dude out many times over and were like, nah, we don't need that blowback. Mm-hmm. No one wants that blowback. So like... 
now what they're having three days of national mourning and it's supposed to be like 40 days of mourning and then right now we're just kind of wondering we're in a, like a circling pattern waiting to, for the other shoe to drop because like I cannot oh, I don't believe I don't believe drop. the world exists where Iran does nothing you can't not do anything like if they killed hell if they killed one somebody if they killed Cory Booker we would have to do something. Yeah. You know, so I cannot imagine Iran just doing nothing. Well, that's the thing I was trying to get at with the whole him being the second most popular person, the way he is revered. Like, I don't think most Americans can even comprehend the level of of adulation that this guy gets. Imagine if well, if they maybe it's bigger like, than killing LeBron James to the people of that country. Oh, well, I don't think that's a good comparison. Well, I'm just saying. Imagine if someone assassinated LeBron James. Imagine how the community in America, people would, real or not, would fucking there'd be murals painted of him all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like uh, there are very few political leaders who have that. I'm just saying, in terms of the way he's loved by society. Would it be like killing Jimmy Carter, maybe? Not even Jimmy Carter. Because there are tons of kids who don't know who the fuck Jimmy Carter is. How about Obama? Obama's probably the closest. No, because still, again, 80, something like Mm. 87% of the country favorably love this guy. Right. You know what? It doesn't matter, really. I'm just saying. I, I get but the point it's huge the point is it's huge the, the blowback that's gonna come back from that blast you just can't I, I'm with you I'm not I cannot accept the world where there isn't some type of if shit. Iran does nothing oh what does that show to your proxy people and what's that show to the middle to East? your own people to I would I would people. assume that if they did nothing that that whole um, not I mean yeah administration or well, regime, regime depending yeah. on what phrase you choose to use would be in danger because people would be like well if you can allow this guy to get killed and do nothing then that means we can have a revolution well it's just the martyrdom of like he's immediately they made him into a martyr yeah so you now have people who already love this dude at a religious fever way now being like i'm willing to i'm willing to put my blood on the line to strike back and then, so... And um, not just in Iran, in Lebanon, right. in Syria, all over, in Yemen, like... Right. Already we have the Iraqi parliament voting to, um... Basically to expel work Americans. America. Um, we have, you know, like, buying your gas now, guys. Because that, yeah, it went up 4% uh, within, basically, hours of the strike being... And all these people who hit. signed up for... You know, like, all these people that signed up to be, you know, in the military and all that, God help you. Yeah. You know, and what's worse is Trump did this almost on a whim, it seems. And, you know, the Gang of Eight didn't know about it. Um, People in Iraq damn sure didn't know about it. And then after the fact, they're like, yeah, if you're an American in Iraq, you should probably get out. It's like, it would have been nice to know that before, you know. I mean, you can't warn everybody... And then tip your hand, but you know. Well, just imagine if you were if you were like 
in the middle of nowhere in, in, in the middle of the country of Iraq, right? Working on an educational trip or excavation, whatever right. it is, you know? And then this blows up and you're like, it's going to take me, it might take me two days to get back just because of my, how isolated I am. Who might I come across between now and then? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then Iran put out an $80 million bounty on, uh, on Trump. I guess this is the way. This is the way. Um, and I don't know if we want to discuss this or not, but you know what? No, we're not going to discuss this. Cause like I've I've often asked myself I've often asked myself what would I do if Twitter started blowing up and I found out that Trump was killed or something. Well, I mean, if Trump were killed or died or died, if he was killed, part of me is gonna feel bad not because he was killed but just because like we can't be allowing we can't let people think that they can do that to us. Well, that's just for future presidents too. Like mm. I, that's I. I don't know that I'm willing to go to war over it because Trump's a fucking dick. Uh, but I don't know if I found out he died though. Like they like he choked down like a, he had a Big Mac or something. Choked down a cold Big Mac in the Oval Office. You know, what, let's we, move on. Yeah, let's move Cause, on. Cause anyway, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> Before we get out of the I'll Iran... I'll just cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, exactly. We get there. Before we uh, get into the Iran talk... Um, no, we are in the Iran talk. I mean, before we leave the Iran okay. talk, excuse me. Uh, Iran also dec- uh, announced today that they will no longer be complying with the nuclear deal. So, uh, whatever framework framework that was keeping that together, I know the European countries were obviously still in support of mm-hmm. it. That shit is done. Which just goes to... And really what Trump did was prove that Iran was right all along, that they needed to have a nuke because countries with nukes don't get treated this way. Uh-uh. And one of their biggest enemies in the region, Israel, has nukes. So, yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do. Um. So I guess that's it for uh, what's going on, yeah? Well, one second. Before we... What do you think is the best case scenario? The worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is World War Three. Best case scenario? Like, the best case scenario isn't even good. The, be- the best case scenario is they just do nothing. And Iran is some weak-ass country and, and proves all these neocons right. That's the, I guess that's the best case scenario. What do you think is most likely going to happen? Uh, I think if I was Saudi Arabia... I would be like, our oil fields are about to get destroyed. I think if I was Israel, I would be concerned about what they might do. Uh, like, if they just start going in the Persian Gulf and taking ships or something, I mean, I'm not saying they would do that, but... Well, what if they don't even take ships? What if they start sinking them? That's my, that's my point. Well, I guess you guys just happen. I don't know. We've got pirates around here. Hey, blame it on the pirates. Um, I I agree. I think best case scenario, obviously, is that they do nothing. Um, because here's the thing. like, You would just have to expect blowback. And, and I don't know that people would be satisfied. God, I hate to say this. But, but this is the world that Trump created. But I cannot see a world where people are going to be satisfied with non just disrupting non-american lives like 
if you don't attack American lives, if American lives aren't taken in retaliation, then what are you even doing, Iran? Yes, that's the thing for me. I I cannot imagine. I can't imagine a world where Iran doesn't react by attacking U.S. contractors, soldiers, yes. or like I think that, especially with them coming out and saying it will be an attack on a military strike that on a military site or resource. Oh, they said that. Yeah, the oh. one of their prime ministers or one of their military defense basically says it's going to be a like for like attack. We're not because they that's the reason with the whole supreme leader saying we're mm-hmm. not. This isn't about the American people. This is about these. Your military attacked us. We're a national sovereign country. We're going to attack your military. Well, okay, I understand that. That makes sense. But I can't see a. But world, I'm not worried. I can't see a world where I mean they, it's going to escalate. Oh, that's the thing because I can't see a world where they attack, say, a military ship or a site or whatever, be it a bomb, a missile attacks, whatever, where we then don't retaliate. Because, like, Cause Trump's in who is, who are their partners? Like, because the proxy war that was going on in Syria was Russia Iran. against Iran, right? Mm-hmm. With Iran. With Iran? Yeah, Iran, Iran, Iran and are Russia are tight? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Where they get a lot of their missiles and their technology? And in China, they're with also Iran with Iran. Because remember, Iran just did. They did like military exercises, like oh, eight right. or nine days with, right. before this attack happened with with uh, Russia and China. Like it's 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 that's the thing that doesn't make sense for the United States because like Saudi Arabia is not. Can you imagine NATO not packing or playing this? Well, Europe's already come out and said this, a war in, in between Iraq or a war between a war with Iran is not in our interest. They've already come out and said that. Boris Johnson, I think, came out and said that. It, and because God, this fucking president, mm-hmm. and not just the president, all the motherfuckers around him, all the war hawks, allowed this to happen. All the senators were like, "Yeah, it's about time. We should have done this." Yeah, I'm sick and tired of all these people. Pounding on their shields, you know, and, and beating the war drums who are not going to have to go to war. That's the thing. Like, if you want to, like talk somebody about called the war? somebody called Tommy Lauren out for that. She's like, yeah. She's like, well, Tommy, up, you're twenty seven. Yeah, sign up. Why don't you sign up? Silence, crickets. Exactly. <sighs> Let's move on. Yeah. Before we get into some entertainment news, uh, we did just want to keep highlighting a story that is starting to get some more attention. Um, the fires in Australia, obviously there are all kinds of crazy shit. There were flooding in Jakarta this week. Um, something like within the first day, 60 people died, thousands displaced, hundreds missing. So, you know, be aware of that, that, um, crisis. And if you can help, help. But the biggest global crisis right now is Australia with the fires going on. Um, something like there are fires in an area the size of New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Delaware combined, which is, that's so big. Uh-huh. As someone who drove up with Reggie, I can tell you, we drove 500 million creatures believe they've been killed. 500 million creatures. They're talking about, like, extinctions for the some koalas of koalas might be dead just because yeah. of how many of them died. And they're like, we might not have enough of them to reproduce, which is fucked. Because koalas are the dumbest creature in the world and they have their own problems reproducing. Yeah. Plus they have like gonorrhea or chlamydia. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, but 
on one of the days where the fires were burning the worst, uh, the it reached 120 degrees, 120, and they are going into their summer season. It's not even summer yet, so hotter days are coming. Basically, a whole bunch of not good news. Um, the world's slowly beginning to react, and and but no one's really again, no one's forcing leaders to ask the big question of what are we going to do about our climate. Um, but good news. Steve Irwin's family and their um, organizations have been able to save over 90,000 creatures through release efforts and through um, others who are bringing them from these these hard-hit areas. So, I mean, I guess. Better than nothing? 90,000? That's a lot. 90,000 in comparison to losing 500 million? Yes, but the fact that's that... That's not even a percent. Yes, but if you can... If you can save reprodu- reproductive couplings then you know that gives you the hope that's the thing yeah. um but on to some entertainment some some happier news uh we finished the last season last episode of the mandalorian which came out like i guess a week ago now at yeah, this point but like that. uh mandalorian loved the first season freaking amazing absolutely loved the first season who was your favorite character um I guess Mando. And if not Mando, the Ugnot guy. I really like the Ugnot guy just because he depicts sort of the I have spoken. The cost of like what it what it is to live in that world. You know? Mm-hmm. That's the thing I really love about The Mandalorian. It does such a good job of showing you what it is to live in the Star Wars galaxy and the price you have to pay depending upon your upbringing or your background. You know, you have uh, Gina Carano's character who is a rebel who's been a fighter her entire life, so she has a very strict view of the way she views the world. You know, she's been a child who lived under oppression, who rose up to fight against it. You have Mando, who is a childling, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, hates robots because of what happened. Uh, to his family when he was young you have the Ugnot who was sold into slavery to the Imperials who had to work his debt off to get his freedom you know and the freedom of his people and the freedom of his people and so like his you have at first that clash between him and, and Gina Carano where she's like oh you you basically work for the Empire and he's like yo don't fucking judge me yeah I was sold into this I only had one choice two choices die our work to save myself and my people. And they do such a beautiful job of painting different people without having to... They built the world in such a way that it was like... It was better than anything that we'd seen in this new Skywalker saga. Not only that... Which was garbage. I think the fact that they did such a good job of showing these characters... These people that you only see in one episode, mm-hmm. but based on the way they act and the little bits of facts that you get from their stories, you feel like you've lived with them their entire life. Like the young bounty hunter, and you're just like, this kid is going to make all the wrong mistakes. And, I mean, great characters and great character development. So, yeah. And it was like a western, too, which is awesome. Um... But yeah, so we watched that, then we finished The Expanse. Uh, another great episode. Well, you know, before we get into Expanse, let's get into The Rise of Skywalker. 
Just real quick. Let's not switch universes. Okay. You should listen to the Cinema Chat episode on it. This is our weekly plug for a Cinema Chat podcast. Uh, if you should really get on the Patreon, get the full episode before. It was great, the back and forth. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. And outside of one uh, co-host or guest host, however you want to look at it, it's uh, great. I think you guys were pretty spot on. Although, did Rob give it an eight? I think he gave it a seven. Seven? He and... Oh, and Brent, I, Brent, yeah. I think. I mean, for me, that movie is... It's like a... I think it's a six. Jesus Christ, it's not a six. I'm fine with it being a six if you're like... Again, if you're not invested as invested into the Star Wars stories that came before, as far as just a movie, just a popcorn movie, you just want to go and watch a movie in space, I can see you giving it a six. Uh, If you're a Star Wars fan, for me, I think... um, I could, like I said, I could see someone giving it a six. I might even see someone giving it a seven. Anything above a seven is too much for me. I, I think, considering what came before, uh, and what Here's they were the trying thing, to if, do, if it's all like a you three want are explosions and lightsaber battles and 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 spaceship stuff. And, and you give it a okay, I get it. That's all, I wouldn't all, give it. A, I don't think you can give this. But no, you could because that's all you care about. You're also the type of person that loves that that loves Fast and Furious and swears they're good movies. I love Fast and Furious. I find them enjoyable. They are fun movies. But at no point would I ever accuse them of being good films. Like it. That being said. If that's all you want, and all you want is nostalgia and be taken back, then yeah, I get that. But I think if you care any bit about this universe, and you care about the direction that it's going in, then this cannot be a good movie. It's just, to say that this is a good movie, you have to ignore it way too much. You have to ignore the treatment that they did to... Seriously? Sorry. You have to ignore it. You have to ignore the treatment. Okay, to say that this is a good movie, you have to ignore the treatment that that, that is done to this to the characters, the storylines that are dropped, all that kind of stuff, the plot holes. You have to ignore all that. If you can hand wave everything, and that's the thing that I don't understand is because the people that love this movie admit that all these flaws exist and all these things exist. And they're still like, but it's still one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I don't understand how you can be like, 25% of this movie is garbage, but I love it. But you know, I don't well, get that. Well, again, for me, it's the problem with people who just can't objectively be like, who equate I love it to it's good. You know, like, I, I, I say this all the time. I like to watch Ghost Rider from time to time. It's not a good movie. There's no, there's not a universe that exists where it's a great movie, unless the only other movie in that universe is a Happy Time Murders. In that case, and you're like, yeah, mm. because my only thing else that I can compare it to it is the shitbox. This is a great movie. Because like, again, going back to Fast and Furious, are those good movies? Debatable. They're movies. I w- they're entertaining and they're, they're fun. Like you said, they're entertaining, entertaining and they're fun. But, but they're, they're not, not bad movies. movies. They're not bad movies, but they're not good movies either, is what I would say. But anyway, 
and, and for me, it's just like Star. And the reason I like, I have no problem loving Fast and the Furious and hating Star Wars right now is because Fast and the Furious has always only been that. That's not true. The first movie is really great. No, no, it's just a ripoff of Point Break. It is. It's Point Break with cars. I mean, I guess, but that's true of a lot of movies. But well, but my point is. I mean, that was something before Point Break happened. My point is, Fast and Furious have never been good films. Oh yeah, 100%. Star Wars was good films. Jurassic Park was a good film. Which is why you look at the sequels and you're so disappointed with what happened because those are just movies. Well, that's a good way to explain it. And, and that's why I'm like, I, can, I feel so disappointed with what happened in Star Trek because they just made popcorn flicks and the first Star Wars were not popcorn flicks. No, they were epics with storylines right. and arch. Also, I think the problem is you, when you examine these movies, especially the last two, and you're just like, where's the arc? Where's the... Where was... You know, there's no straight line to the destination. There's no beautiful circle. It was yeah. just a zigzag. But enough of this. Let's get into the expanse. How did you feel about this season? I thought it ended better than the middle. Like, it started good. Then it kind of slack, la- uh, slumped in the middle. Then it picked up towards the end. And I think it was... Basically just a setup for the next season, but in a good way. Yeah. Because, like, where The Expanse started and where it's become is, like, I'm not saying it's a filler season. It's just setting a new foundation. Like, The Expanse has this beautiful first floor, and they wanted to do an add-on to the house, and you had to get through this season to get... To, to add on the next beautiful part of the house. I can see that. They're like, we're, 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 we bought the neighbor's plot next door. Yeah. But before we can put the pool in, we got to dig out a hole. Right. And you're looking at the house and you're like, man, they got all that plywood out there yeah. and the plastic. Yeah. It, but right now, and that's you where came they're home, at. You came home and you're like, oh shit, the thing's got a roof on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good season. Um, I would give it a... The first season, I would say, is like a 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Second season, too. Um, I would give this a 6.5. Oh, no. I give this at least a 7. I, the slump in the middle, really, it fell so hard. Yeah. It, it rebounded Some well. of it was really clunky. I didn't care. This is the first season where I didn't care about certain people... Like and, and people I love. Bobby, I hated her the whole season. Her story was boring and terrible. Uh, the UN secretary, she didn't even need to be in it. Yeah. I get why they needed to do it to get to the point that they got to in the finale. But, like, but even that felt rushed. Why just not make an announcement? Yeah, so that sucks. Um, but yeah, so I guess is that it for uh, the big entertainment stuff? We'll talk about Witcher another episode. It was a great series. Yeah. We'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, before we leave, we did want to do something this year. 2020 is going to be a big year. And we want to do some predictions moving forward. So not maybe, not every show, but 
um, every now and then we are going to do some predictions just to see, you know, what at least we, for the month. Yeah, what what we think might happen, and um, maybe we'll keep track so we can get points to each other. Uh, but starting off, we we want to do some predictions for the elections. It's the beginning of the year; nothing's happened yet. No votes have been cast. Um, we want to do some predictions. So, who were the last three? Oh, first category will be the DNC primary. Who are the last three standing? Hmm. Sanders, Warren, and Biden. I'm going to go with Sanders, Biden, Buttigieg. No. There's no way Warren out, uh, Buttigieg outlasts Warren. That's what? not going to happen. Well, I can't get the same points now, can I? You could, if that's what you predict. You know what? I will go with Warren or Buttigieg. I do think... She has a stronger appeal, and I really think he's going to... I just don't see him doing well enough in Iowa or New Hampshire to really propel him anywhere. Plus, once people start talking about his his past... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you listened to the latest episode of uh, Worst, uh, Worst Year Ever, but they did a second part on, on Buttigieg, and of course he's worse than he even thought. Yeah, but people aren't listening to that podcast, so... Well, I don't think it's a matter of that. I think, but people are asking those questions. They're like, they aren't. Yes, they are. If they were, then he wouldn't be. Have you listened to the new episode? No, I'm I'm saying people in general aren't. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about people, people. I'm saying, like, candidates that she's facing are beginning to bring up his questionable past as far as who he supported. But nobody cared about him in his his, uh, wine cave. I disagree with that. His numbers. Not that they were going up, but like his campaigning went down a little bit around then, and his numbers have stalled. So, in, in so okay. I think people. I think. So, what were your three? I'm gonna go with again Warren, okay. Biden, Warren, Sanders as well. And what are the first three? It, it's Iowa. It is. I believe it is. Let's see. Iowa, it's New Hampshire. Schedule. Schedule. All right, 2020 primary election. Uh, here we go. So we have Iowa in Iowa caucus on the third. So we have Iowa, New Hampshire, New Hampshire Nevada, and Nevada, and then South Carolina. Yeah. So we'll, top four, the who, first four. Who are your winners? Um, give me a second. I want to put this in here. Or not? All right. Here's your vote, Reg. Uh, Iowa, I'm going to go Bernie Sanders, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Biden. Ooh. No. You know what? No. Sanders, Buttigieg, Warren. Let's do our top four. You'll get four points for first, three points for second, two and one, all the way down. That and then Biden at the end. All right. I'm going to say RC. I am going to go with Sanders, Biden, Buttigieg, Warren. Someone's going to be leading after that. Uh, New Hampshire. You go on this one. That's right. I'm going to go with Sanders, Warren, Biden, Buttigieg. 
I'm canst I'm c uh, copying yours. I think we're, we both agree on that one. All right, Nevada. I want it to be Sanders, Biden, Warren, and I don't. I don't even think Buttigieg is is even in the conversation in Nevada. But I think what's going to happen is it's going to be Biden, Sanders, Warren, Buttigieg. The crazy thing about this um, is that so I'm I want to be optimistic and go Sanders, right? If I go Sanders, Biden, I lose seven points, right? Because I wouldn't get because you don't get credit for correct incorrect points, right? That's the way we're gonna do this. Okay. So I would technically lose seven points if you get it if you get the top two right. This could be a huge swing. But. Just go with what you think. Why? Why, Rich? I'm trying to be smart, man. That's the way this always works. Um, I think <sighs> you're making a prediction. I know, but don't go for playing the game. Play for the the, the prediction. Fine. You're just saying that because you want to get those seven points. I don't care about the points. Uh, RC. South Carolina, I go first. This is easy. Biden, Sanders, Warren, Buttigieg. JC. Reg? Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm going to go Biden, Warren, Sanders, Buttigieg. Biden, Warren, Sanders. Booyah. All right. Um, you know, because if Sanders takes the first two states, and then the only way Biden wins in South Carolina is if he wins in Nevada. Do you think he wins in Nevada carries that momentum into South Carolina? If he loses the first three states, there's no way he wins in South Carolina. Which is why I think Harry Reid or somebody is going to come in and put their heavy fucking fist on the scales for Biden in Nevada. I, I still think that he even... I think he goes one for four in the first four races and thinks that he's still in good shape. Because he's like, see, I got the black people. Then what's next? California? After that would be uh, Super Tuesday, which would be Alabama, American Samoa, oh, Arkansas, need to make sure I... Colorado, Democrats Abroad, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma. I need to make sure Tennessee, I'm uh, Utah, registered Vermont, to vote. Virginia. Yes, you do. I need to get an absentee ballot for Charlotte. Yeah, that's the thing too. One or two. Could do that. Um, yeah, so... I just I think that if if Bernie wins two of the first three, he's gonna crush it on Super Tuesday. Like I think he takes California and Texas. I think he's gonna take California anyways. Mm -hmm. And if he does that, I just I don't know. Look at North Carolina moving themselves out to Super Tuesday. It's smart. I don't know why everyone's sitting in the back. 
first question. Can you... Do you want to hold off on these other questions? What? Trump and the RNC? Like, do you think anyone... I was... No one's going to challenge him. Okay, assuming he was in office. Yeah, no one will challenge him. They're already not doing primaries. Well, South Carolina isn't. Which, you know, I mean, I, I hate that people say that because... They're getting sued over that, too, though. Yes, but that would not have happened anyway. They they don't do primaries when your guy that's running is running. That's 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 not uncommon. I know, I get it. I'm just saying. Yeah. But you can't sue to say we're not even going to have the option for someone to challenge it. Mm. Uh, anyways, uh, all right. Well, we'll do some further predictions on the I national think, election. I think Lindsey Graham's going to lose his seat. Uh, really? Yes. That's a prediction. How about that? We'll end this with a bold prediction because Red just hit a big one. Bold predictions, predictions, predictions. Say yours again, Reg. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is going to lose his Senate seat. Mr. Lindsey Graham loses. He's running against a uh, black guy. A black guy, yeah. Loses. He's lost white women in South Carolina. Damn. Well, I mean, did he ever have them? Yes. Did he ever want them? Oh, nah. <laughs> I see what you did nah. there. I see uh, what you did there. Um, my bold prediction is that the Democrats will retake the Senate. That's my bold prediction. Actually, you know what? I have a bitter, bigger bold prediction. Mitch McConnell loses his election bid. That's not going to happen. Maybe not, but you've got to be bold. Okay. Mitch. Moscow Mitch. Loses re-election. Bold predictions. Um, well, I think that's about it for us tonight. Um, Reg, you got anything else? Uh, hypothetical real quick. Here we go. Would you rather... Would I rather... Trump loses re-election, mm-hmm. but then the Democrats lose the House and the Senate, or... Or Trump's re-elected, but Democrats... Win the House and the Senate. Hmm. I would rather Trump be reelected and we retake the Senate and the House. I think because he can do shit at that point. I think the other way around, if only because then the Democrat would nominate some Supreme Court justices. Oh, like I forgot about the Supreme Court. It's definitely Trump losing. Yeah. Yeah. And federal judges. Yeah. And refilling the federal government with just intelligent people. Right. Yeah, you're right. 100% right. Because... Unless we had a supermajority, then you could just block all of his uh, Supreme Court Yes, but do you see... The Democrats don't have the balls to do something like that. Well, that's very true. They're not going to block some judges for four years. That would be nice, though, but they would not. You're correct. Especially when they were like, oh, we'll just lose in, in the midterms if they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the presidency. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, please speak your truth. Tell your story. And stay woke. You can find John at Tempe WMF on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find his other stuff at Tempe'sWorld.com. And you can find Reggie at Hedonis, that's H-I-D-D-A-N-A-S. He co-hosts In My Humble Opinion and the Cinema Chat Podcast.